Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, where we talk about what is going on in pop culture and see what we can learn from it. I'm your iconic host, Patty Eminger. You may know me as Patty Pop Culture from TikTok. If it's your first time here, thank you so much for coming. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stan you. I am in your fandom. You guys, I have this really new, like, toxic habit that I love the thrill and the rush of ordering a package online so today i've literally ordered like three packages online i must have one coming all the time it gives me something to look forward to it gives me a reason to be alive i never used to be like that i used to hate the anticipation of waiting for a package but now i kind of like when packages get delayed i'm like ooh, i get to look forward to it a little more the excitement gets to continue that's kind of fucked up right so i guess i'm just gonna be a hoarder now But I just want to share my new addiction with you guys. Something else crazy that happened to me the other day was that Ethan Klein from the H3 podcast, one of the biggest podcasts in the whole world. He's been like, he's one of the only people I know who has been a long-term professional podcaster. That's all he does. That is his job. He's just known as this guy behind the mic. He featured my TikTok on his podcast And people were texting me like, congratulations, you're on the H3 podcast. And I was like, wow, about time they get some respect in the podcast community. But yeah, if you want to see him react to whichever one of TikTok I made, um, I was in the episode titled, Was I Wrong About David Dobrik? Ethan, I can be the new frenemies. I can replace Trisha. We can have banter. We can get in toxic fights every week. Let's please do it. Anyway... There's, um, there's actually a lot to talk about today on this episode, on this very day, on this very episode. We're going to start with talking about another major cheating scandal and kind of bring it back to a lot of men who have cheated in Hollywood and how it always ends up just a lesson for cheaters out there if you're considering cheating. We're going to get into that. And then, of course, we have to talk about the interview that the podcast episode that broke the internet, Haley Bieber on the Call Her Daddy podcast, talking all about how Selena Gomez's and Justin's past relationship has affected her life and how it continues to affect her every single day and people's rabid reaction to it. So we definitely have to get into all that. And then I'm going to give you my pure, honest review of the film that had more drama behind the scenes than the actual fucking film. Don't worry, darling. I finally saw I'm going to tell you if it was worth the hype. It's going to be quick, but I'm going to give you my honest review. And then we're going to talk about some crazy couple Hollywood shakeups that have been going on and someone who proposed to another celebrity that we didn't even know about until now and they turned him down. So before we get into all of that, if you can just rate this podcast five star on Spotify and Apple podcast, leave a cute little review. You're already here. You may as well do so. Screenshot yourself listening to it, post it to your Instagram story and tag me and I'll hit you up in your DMs. It helps the podcast grow. I'm so appreciative every time any of y'all do that. And I love chatting with you guys in the DMs. And without further ado, my lovely students, let's get into Pop Culture University. Take your seats, class, because class is in session. I'm in the man, soon as I land, just know I roll with them goons. In case you start acting familiar, this kind of love, big business, whole slab. But you can't get no higher. 
The Try Guys this week are now going to try cheating. You know, it's it's something I guess they haven't tried before, but anything is content. So one of the Try Guys tried cheating on his wife. Can you believe it? Probably, because that's literally what everyone is doing these days. But if you don't know who the Try Guys are, let me just explain to you why this is even a big deal. They are like YouTube BuzzFeed royalty. They're, they have a group... You know, they're like a boy band called the Try Guys. And they started working under BuzzFeed and they would make all this content with BuzzFeed on their YouTube account. They would get millions and millions and millions of views. And people were obsessing over these 30-year-old middle-aged... I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's not middle-aged. But there was nothing really like... Like, they're not sexy. You know what I'm saying? People were just obsessing over them because they're funny. They're like the impractical jokers, but on YouTube. So they started in 2014 and there was four of them. Their names are Ned, Eugene, Keith, and Zach. And they're really just this like wholesome, um, what's endearing. They're like an endearing group of older guy friends and people really love them. So then they left BuzzFeed because all their success and then they have their own channel and they have 8 million subscribers now and they go on tour and they have their own show on the Food Network because of course they do. Where they try food apparently. Why can't I try food for a living? I love eating food. There's no category. I always say this. There's no category of influencer I'm more jealous of than a food influencer. Like they just get to make the most out of this world, magnificent, delicious food porn creations and just get to eat it on camera and review it and just be so gluttonous for money. Like food God, I hate him. (laughs) Maybe hate's a strong word, but it's getting there with food God, Jonathan Chubbin. I'm still so jealous of him, but who the fuck names himself Food God? Anyway, it seems like it was like paradise for the Try Guys. There was nothing wrong. There were these four people. You could never break their bond. But like any other group, girl group, boy group, there's always someone who has to leave, has to go. And this week, people have started to finally see a crack in the Try Guys because one of them, Ned, has disappeared from their videos for a few weeks and it's not like he just disappeared there was some pretty obvious editing of ned out of the videos so the rumor mill started swirling that's really awkward that's really obvious when you start editing people out of videos because they were using a backdrop that had like wooden panels and frames so when you edit someone out the panels are not completely aligned perfectly and people were noticing that they were saying what's going on in this video why is Ned being edited out? They didn't understand. They've been such close friends. What could he have done to get kicked out? But apparently, a few days after Ned was being edited out, a Reddit thread of him leaked that Ned was cheating on his wife at a club. So that is why these white, pasty, bland boys in the Try Guys were beefing. Because Ned was getting exposed for being a cheater. And if you know anything about Ned, if you watch the Try Guys, I'm assuming you've heard of them if you're into pop culture. Ned never shuts up about how much he loves his wife. He's always talking about her. He's one of those people who make their relationship their personality. I I don't want to like bully those people who are always talking about my boyfriend did this, my boyfriend's at my boyfriend's at this. We get it, you have a boyfriend. Are you shocked someone decided to be your boyfriend? Why do why do you keep talking about him? Shut up. He was one of those people, like, my wife, my wife. 
him and his wife have been together for many, many years. They've been married. They have two kids. They have a channel of their own. So they're very public with their relationship. And it seems like he's a really good guy. He's a companion. He's like a golden retriever husband. Didn't seem like he was really ever going to leave her or cheat on her. But him too, I guess. E2, Brute. E2. Because then... Let me pull up these texts. So this is when things were going down. Someone within BuzzFeed was contacting someone about Ned cheating. So some random person sent a source really close to Ned these texts. They said, hi, I was wondering if blank was in NYC because if so, there's something you should know, unfortunately. And they're talking about the woman he was cheating with. And they said, yes, she was. Why? So basically I was out to a club last night in New York and I saw her making out with Ned from the Try Guys. I have videos too if you need them. She's wearing a red dress. I don't know if that helps. They said, please send them to me. And there it was. Clear as day. Ned and his middle-aged big forehead average ass hooking up with a baddie in the middle of a New York club. So the person said, did you see anything else? Was it just them two? They responded, no, nobody else, just them two. They weren't even trying to be private about it. The entire time they were making out, he was touching her too and all of that stuff. And they said, oh, okay, thank you. I just spoke to Ariel and Ariel is Ned's wife. So that was when Ariel was informed a few weeks ago. It's always some kind of social media baddie and it's always in a club that people are seen making out. Why? Why don't men cheat in the privacy of their own home? Men are so stupid. Tristan Thompson always gets cheating out. It's caught cheating out in public, motorboating women's breasts in clubs. So does every single man ever. Ned knows how famous he is. Yes, he's not Zac Efron out here getting all this attention, but he's still a very known entity. And you're going to be so clumsy and disrespectful to make out with someone in the middle of a club thinking no one's going to see you or no one's going to care. The dim lighting of the room is not going to get you caught. It's almost like he didn't care. He didn't want to get caught. He didn't even respect his wife that much to not make it a public spectacle. Not only are you going to cheat on her, but you're going to do it in public? That's so embarrassing. It's like men are evilly possessed, like Jeffrey Dahmer, but not to kill and eat people, but to just cheat on their wives. They can't resist the obsession. They have to fulfill their fantasy. So after this news leaked and it was plastered on the front pages, he was now common enemy number one. He passed that iconic, lovely torch from Adam Levine to Ned from the Try Guys. I'm sure it'll get passed on to a new person in a few days. But then the Try Guys kicked Ned out the group. They said, bye. They threw him off the stage like uh, Fifth Harmony threw Camila off the stage at the VMAs. They posted a statement that said, Ned Fulmer is no longer working with the Try Guys. As a result of a thorough internal review, we do not see a path forward together. We thank you for your support as we navigate this change. Damn! The fact they just dropped him like that, cold-blooded. They they mic dropped. like they, they swept the rug from under his feet immediately. They didn't say you get three strikes, you get one strike, and you are out. They're friends with Ariel. That's kind of why they are kicking him out because that's his friend that they cheated on that's very disrespectful and i love that they chose her over him i love that message men stop enabling men because i feel like normally men would just do that they would hide their friend cheating and uh be like this isn't you like stop cheating on your wife blah blah, blah. i'm not gonna tell her but like stop doing that low-key but i'm glad they were like no we can't even support you we can't try to keep this secret for you. We are kicking you out of the group. Ned himself then put out a response. This all happened 
very quickly. And he said, family should have always been my priority, but I lost focus and had a consensual workplace relationship. I'm sorry for any pain that my actions may have caused to the guys and the fans, but most of all, Ariel. The only thing that matters right now is my marriage and my children, and that's where I'm going to focus my attention. So let me translate that. Um, I knew exactly what I was doing, and unfortunately, I got caught. My dick is my number one priority, not my marriage. That's what everyone says. That's what Adam Levine said. He said, oh, I may... I crossed a line in a regrettable period of my life. They know exactly what they're doing. When these men make their vows, do they not understand the commitment that comes with that? Do they understand that cheating is not a loophole in their vows? There's no clause of the marriage contract that lets you hit up Instagram baddies and go make out with girls in the club. It would be so funny to go back in celebrity marriages and when they're making their vows and say the vows as their marriage is going to play out because people when they say their vows they're like for better or for worse be you know loyal to each other forever never cheat on each other i'll be faithful till death do us part but in reality these people in their vows should say um i will appreciate our relationship and the kids you give me but at the end of the day i am gonna dm instagram baddies and i will be popping girls pussies in the club and you're just gonna have to deal with that that's what they really should say in their vows instead of spewing these lies in front of their family and god up there exchanging rings so then ariel put out a statement and said thanks to everyone who has reached out to me it means a lot nothing is more important than ned and our family and we all request right now is that you respect our privacy for the sake of our kids yeah i definitely feel bad for her it's unfortunate that this has to play out publicly. Their relationship is so public. It's horrible getting cheated on. I hate when people feel embarrassed for it because it's really not your fault at all. We see Beyonce get cheated on, Kim Kardashian get cheated on, everyone in the whole world. So it's really nothing that has to do with you. It has to do with men and their insecurities and their disrespect and toxic ways. So I hope she doesn't feel embarrassed by this. They were seen out together after this whole cheating debacle happened. So it'll be interesting to see if they will actually stay together or not i hate when people we talked about this last episode but women shouldn't get hate for staying with their men after they're cheating especially if they have a family and kids that decision is totally up to them and we don't know what's going on internally but even if they don't stay together um no even if they do stay together their bond will never be the same it's like throwing a uh plate on the ground and it breaking into a million pieces and then you say sorry to the plate is the plate put back together? No, it's still broken. He'll never be able to repair their bond. And that's what he's really losing here, even if he does get her back eventually. This woman that he's obsessed with is never going to love him the same, and he'll have to live with that. Speaking of cheating, Adam Levine is obviously was just exposed for cheating with about eight Instagram baddies. Count them. I mean, there's probably up to 15 at this point. But he just announced that he's doing a Las Vegas residency right after all this. Like, damn you're not even gonna give the press junket the two weeks it needs to get clear your name from the headlines you're gonna be like oh by the way while i have this clout for cheating any press is good press go to my las vegas residency i hope he can resist all the hoes in vegas i hope he's changed his ways but i don't know once a cheater always a cheater so we'll see i know his wife's anxiety is just through the roof someone who really sums up this whole cheating series that's going on right now and can maybe provide some perspective for these men who continuously ruin their families is Shaquille O'Neal. I was kind of surprised by this because I didn't know like the history of his life or anything, but 
he kind of just came forward in an interview and talked about when he used to cheat on his wife, Shawnee. So he came forward and said that he used to be a serial cheater, Shaquille O'Neal. He said, it would be crazy and blasphemous for me to get up here and say, boom, boom, ba, I can't do that. In regards to seeing other men cheat, he can't be like, oh, I would never do that. I would never go there. Because apparently he used to be running the streets, cheating with all the women. So he said, I'm never the guy that's going to get up here because of my platform and fake it. I did it. I was the best at it. I'm not proud of it. I lost my family doing it and I lost valuable and important years with my children from doing it. That's so scary that he says I did it and I was the best at it. As if he was the best at being deceitful and going behind his wife's back and planning seeing these hoes and hotels. It's just it sends chills up my spine, honestly. That's so sociopathic and scary. Me and my friend were talking the other day. We were like, they should make a show instead of a sh- like shows like finding a serial killer and catching a killer it should be like catching disgusting toxic men in all their lies and it could be like women all set up in a documentary style sharing their experiences with this toxic guy and at the end they just really show all the hard proof of them cheating and just ruin their reputation on a show i'm sure there is a show like that but it would just be like catching cheaters and just horrible men in general because i think it's so interesting how they lie and the mechanics that go behind what you really have to do to cheat on someone and the premeditative third degree like type of plan that has to go on. I just, I think it's so crazy and it should be against the law, but I did see that you can put in some kind of um, clause in your marriage contract that says if someone cheats on you, they get a certain amount of money. I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm sure you guys follow at legal baddie on TikTok. I love her. She's so fierce. She was talking about that. You can put in a clause that, and a few celebrities have this too. If you find someone cheating and there's proof, you can, even without divorcing them, just get money from them. I'm for, I forgot what celebrity got like a few million dollars from getting cheated on, but that would soften the blow for sure. I would be going through their phone every night when they sleep, kind of hoping to find something just to get my bag. They'd be like, I cheated on you. They'd be like, thank you. I love you. But anyway, he continued. Um, yeah, he said, I lost my family doing it. I lost valuable and important years with my children from doing it. So I refuse to get up here and be like, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't have done that. I'm not that guy. I'm real with the situation. I like how he really put the depths of what these men are giving up when they're just risking it for the biscuit. So what can we learn from this? I think we can learn that when you cheat, you're risking so much more than just your relationship status. You're risking, um, if it's your wife, the love of your life, the deep long-running bond and like soul trust and bond that you have with someone you're risking someone else's mental health and you're risking your family years that you can see your kids years of being together years of not being a separated family a broken family just because of one incident you're risking seeing your kids more you're throwing away so much for just a little bit of pleasure i'm sure you guys have heard the saying cheaters never win cheaters really don't ever win and you will be caught best believe especially if you're cheating on a woman because they will find out so learn from shaquille o'neal he lost so much so before you do it the first time think all you men or anyone out there considering trying to have a little fun on the side think
as you guys know, you have to keep an eye out for Selena, as the great Nicki Minaj once said. And that is what Hailey Bieber has had to do for her whole life for the past, what, six, five years? Yeah, almost five years of her life. She's had to keep an eye out for Selena and Selena's fan base. Because as we know, the Jelena saga that encapsulated our childhood, they were the it minor children couple walking the red carpet being the perfect little Barbie and Ken relationship that we all admired and wished we could have live our teenage dream just like them until we all realized that we were gay and that that was not going to happen. But what I'm saying is the Jelena relationship was iconic and their fan base was crazy and people invested more in their relationship than the stock market. So when they broke up and Hailey Bieber was now this other woman that he chose to marry instead of her, the Jelena fans felt betrayed and they felt hurt and angry and they needed to take that anger out on someone so they take it out on Hailey. To this day, 2022, almost 2023, she gets harassed, bullied on her Instagram live, on TikTok, on the red carpet. People chant the Jelena relationship name when her and Justin are walking up the stairs at the Met Gala. It's really nonstop for her and it's kind of she's kind of just one of those people that the internet does not hold in high regard that they will just not give a break ever and it's probably always going to be that way and Haley, she's spoken on it once but she's never fully sat down and said her thoughts about being this almost third person that's seen in the Jelena relationship even though she's not the third person she's married to him but that's kind of how the outside world sees it as if she's just this placeholder before Selena before Justin finally takes Selena back. So she finally sat down on the Call Her Daddy podcast, a podcast that I will be just as big as one day. Of course, I'll get a $60 million Spotify deal, obviously. Um, You can call me Patty. I'm kidding. I'll stop. But anyway, she sat down in the Call Her Daddy podcast and spilled everything about how she feels about how Selena has treated her, how she's handled being bullied, And just her perspective on the whole thing. So let's get into all that. First, let's just kind of like recap here the Jelena saga. So Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez, these star-crossed lovers that were meant to be but never could be, started dating each other in 2010 when they were little, little chicken nuggets. Justin Bieber was still singing high-pitched songs. Selena Gomez was still waving that wand around, casting spells on her sexy brothers, Max and Justin. So they started dating in 2010. And they were dating on and off until 2015. But don't let that fool you. They were head over heels, in love, Romeo and Juliet type shit. Justin called it a, quote, marriage kind of thing. Wow. Wow. That's a little bold there. But that's really how he felt, even at this young age. And Justin's fans were in their rabid preteen hormonal foaming at the mouth phase for Justin. They loved him. They would die for him. Hashtag cuts for Bieber. I don't know if that's problematic to say. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't support that movement at all. Obviously, that's horrible. Anyway, they loved Justin. They would do anything for him. And they also loved Selena. And that's really surprising that they would love this woman that he's with because wouldn't you think that they would want to be with him and will cut out anyone any way they have to to blow up the spot and get with justin so it's very rare that they liked her it feels like you don't care oh why don't you recognize i'm so rare rare beauty shout out 
So anyway, they protected the Jolina relationship like they were the president's secret security. And then when they broke up temporarily in 2015, Justin, for the first time ever, got with Haley. And on New Year's Eve, so 2015 going into 2016, they were a thing and they were kissing at midnight. I think that was actually the first night I ever drank, New Year's Eve 2015. And I at midnight, I threw up in my bathroom, but I didn't make it to the toilet. I just stood there in the door frame and threw up. And then my dad walked in at midnight too. It was a really horrible like 10 seconds of my life. The 10, 9, 8 to the one and on the one i threw up and one of my friends was like oh gross like i i heard it hit the floor and then my dad was and he's like clean this it was horrible so while they were making out cementing their relationship on instagram i was having a horrible coming of age moment but um yeah so justin and Haley were now together and they did not like that. And the Jelena stands would always look for cracks in their relationships all the time because Jelena was like their parents and Haley's like the stepmom that no one likes. So they were so happy that Haley and Justin broke up in 2016 and then Justin and Selena were on and off again from 2016 to 2018. And then they finally broke up in 2018 and that was the end of a saga and it was a lot for everyone to deal with. I was surprised they even gave it another try at their grown age in 2018. But I'm glad they did. And then they finally just called it off. And then Justin and Haley reunited and in 2018, very quickly got engaged and married. So Justin chose Haley. It reminds me of that song by Jenna Kramer. I got the first kiss. She'll get the last. It's called like, I got the boy. I got the boy. She got the man. I don't know why I'm thinking about that. I'll play it at the end of this. But it reminds me of that song. Like Haley got the man. She gets to marry him. And the Jelena fans were so mad, they bully her, and they will not stop until this day. That is the backstory. You're welcome for that that history lesson. It's very important. But anyway, she finally sat down with Alex. I forgot. I don't know her last name. But Alex on Call Her Daddy. And Alex was really asking the hard questions, and I was so appreciative of that, because I didn't know if we were ever going to get this tea. And we did. So Alex asked Haley point blank, why do you think the internet is so mad at you? What do you have to say to the Jelena fans that are making you feel like you should like die for being with Justin? And she said, I think just because we were so young and the rapid timing after the Selena breakup, and I'm sure the Lose You to Love Me song didn't help where Selena Gomez sang, in two months you replaced us. Like it was easy, made me think I deserved it. In the thick of healing. I love that song. I'll stop singing it, though. I'm sure that didn't help. And Haley just said that the perception of it, that Haley stole him from Selena because it was so close by each other, kind of ruined the whole thing and made Haley look like this homewrecker. But that's not the truth. So Alex then blatantly asked Haley Bieber, are you a homewrecker? And she said, no. She was never with Justin while Selena was in the picture. She, quote, said... I can say period, point blank. I was never with him while he was in a relationship with anybody. That's the end of it. He was always single. That is not how she was raised. And he wasn't even talking to Selena over text or anything when they got back together in 2018. Haley, mm-hmm. were you ever with Justin romantically at the same time as her? No, not, not one time. When him and I started hanging out, like, okay, let's just put it this way. Mm-hmm. When him and I ever started, like, hooking up or, like, anything of that sort, he was not ever in a relationship, ever, at any point. 
I would never, it's not my character to mess with someone's relationship. I would just never do that. I was raised better than that. I'm not interested in doing that and I never was. Um, I think that there are situations where you can still kind of have like back and forth with someone, but even that was not the situation. Like I can say period point blank. I was never with him when he was in a relationship with anybody. That's the end of it. Um, and I had been involved with him since I was 18. This is so crazy. I've literally never talked about this ever. Well, that answers that. Apparently I ha- I'm glad we have some clarity with that because I feel like it's tricky not to have overlap, especially after a fresh breakup unless you just cut each other off. I always wonder that too. Some haters online were still giving Haley shit like, no, I know you were, I know Justin was still talking to Selena because, and then they pulled up some random receipts. It didn't necessarily prove it 100%. That's not why I'm saying it here. So I'm, I'll just take what Haley's saying for fact. They were not talking to anyone. So that kind of raised the question, if Justin was so done with Selena so quickly in 2018, and he was so sure about it. Why did they even have that little stint of a relationship in 2018? It kind of seemed like Justin wanted to go for his first option in his heart, who he loved the most, Selena, first to see if it would work, but it didn't. So then he went to his second option, which was Haley. I kind of get why people say that because Justin did seem like he needed to see if it would work with Haley and he was like praying, I mean, work with Selena and he was praying that it would during their 2018 stint. And then right after he was like, fine, I'll go with Haley. That, that was kind of my perception too. I was like, damn, did he just kind of like give it one more shot with Selena because that's what he really wanted. But I Haley really explained this answer really well. And I don't think it was like that after hearing what she had to say. She said that she really respects Justin for, giving it one more chance with Selena before him and Haley got back together permanently because quote, it was the most healthy, mature decision he could have made. And I respect that. And she's so happy. She didn't have to be there on her wedding day, thinking in the back of her mind, if Justin was sure about her and Justin wasn't thinking in the back of his mind, am I really done with Selena? Do I have all the closure I need? And them giving it, the one last chance gave them such solid closure i think with both selena and justin and that made it so clear for them in lose you to love me selena seems so done she seems like she's so happy to move on and then she comes out with the song look at her now i mean she's happy to be done with him like look at her now she's out on the other side she finally made it. it took a few years to soak up the tears but look at her now she's so happy justin's so happy and i think it's cemented Haley and Justin as a solid married couple. There's no more questions. And hearing that there was never even an overlap because Justin and Haley weren't together for a while before Justin and Selena were in 2018. So I feel like what happened is that Justin was thinking about Haley while he was with Selena again. And he was like, oh my God, Haley's the one I need to be with. So I also really respect that decision that he got the closure. And I love that Haley's okay with how that played out. She is so happy that they both got closure and it could be really a peaceful transition for everyone. And I think that's how it happened. But people on the outside on Twitter are refusing to believe that it was this peaceful 
moving on from each other. They still think Haley stole him and she's this awful person. And they're still bullying her ass. So I'm going to read you some of the tweets of people bullying Haley Bieber for going on this podcast today in 2022. One says, oh my God, did I just burp in the mic? I'm so sorry. I'd really be understanding why Wendy Williams was always burping, belching on her show. Because when you're just talking to yourself for an hour, something about the air, the, how much air you're taking in, it makes you have to burp. I don't know. You, you guys should try it. Maybe some of you guys do talk to yourselves for an hour, but try it out. See if you burp. Anyway, one of the tweets says, it's actually crazy that Haley Bieber went on a podcast to discuss her husband's relationship with his ex. Where's the self-respect? And that has 50,000 likes, you guys. So there's still like mass hate from these believers or selenators hating on Haley. Someone else said, Haley Bieber deciding to talk about Selena Gomez before Selena Gomez's documentary is her trying to control the narrative, but she isn't fooling anyone. This other TikToker made a post where the uh, caption in the front said, Haley Bieber proves she's still obsessed with Selena Gomez. She needs to shut the fuck up and leave Selena Gomez alone. Call her daddy is annoying as fuck, too. This one says, with 20,000 likes, Haley Bieber, you will never be Selena Gomez. Oh, my God. There's so many more, but I'll, like, stop annoying you with them. But, oh, my God. This one says, Haley Bieber is only relevant today because she ate Selena's leftovers, and she keeps proving it time and time again. They're also really pissed that in the interview, Haley never said Selena's name. I mean, probably for obvious reasons, she doesn't want to literally say her name and then have all of the like clinks and clinks, all the links and like data from the interview with Selena's name. Like they don't need people Googling this interview and then the word Selena and it coming up. Do you know what I'm saying? Like she just didn't need to drag Selena into it. So keeping her name out of it is smart. So then call her daddy, Alice, Alex asked, how do you handle all the bullying? Because it's really incessant and it might make someone want to unalive themselves. And Haley actually did say that she started to have some of those thoughts. She would even have thoughts of maybe I should just leave Justin and just go lock myself in a in a safety, you know, room, in a panic room, in a basement, just never show my face ever again. But she said that she was able to move on because she knows she didn't do anything wrong. But she still thinks that it's very sad that people are against her happiness, they're against Justin's happiness. And She's just come to a better place with her support system. And she's come to the point where she understands there's no way to exist on this plane of earth and on the internet and have everyone love you. The thing is, too, is like, I think that like all everyone is just trying to like create separation, even though there's clearly like not always separation. Mm -hmm. I have no expectation. I would never expect someone to do that for me. Like she doesn't owe me anything. I don't owe, neither of us owe anybody anything except like respect. I respect her a lot. And I think that like, there's just no expectations. If that was something that she felt was necessary, then that would be amazing. But I, I just, yeah, I respect her. There's no drama personally. It's all respect. It's all love. Mm -hmm. That's also why I feel like, well, if everybody on our side knows what happened and we're good and we could walk away from it with clarity and respect then like right that's fine as long as you know you're good that's really all that matters which had brought me a lot of peace and i don't know if you guys remember but Haley did 
make such a dumb video one time trying to confront the situation where she posted a TikTok, I believe, and it was directed at the Jelena fans. And she literally was just like, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Move on. Leave me alone at this point. I'm minding my business. I don't do anything. I don't say anything. Leave me alone, please. Enough time has gone by where it's valid to leave me alone. I beg of you, truly. That's my only request. Leave me alone. Be miserable somewhere else, please. She confronted that in this interview too, and she said that it was just supposed to be funny. But girl, it did not come across as funny. It came across as some weird, like, desperate attempt at you trying to tell people to just like i guess leave you alone obviously but the, it was the most immature weird way to do it if you give people that video you're giving them what they want that's going to do the opposite than have them leave you alone especially if you're being mean to them that's going to give you them a reason to hate you even more it was the most dumb way to handle that situation i'm glad she's doing it differently now she said this is the only time she'll ever talk about this then finally, in conclusion, Call Her Daddy Alex asked her, what would she say to the Selena Gomez fans? And she just said that she wishes everyone knew the truth and that they don't have to like her, but they can respect her and sh respect her and she'll respect them. She's a person with heart and emotions. And what you say really does have impact. Totally agree with that. They shouldn't be maliciously bullying her at all. I think it's really fucked up. Haley also said that Selena didn't really help at all and that they have spoken privately, but Selena never publicly addressed it head on selena has since actually come out about this which is crazy she did a response video to the whole interview with call her daddy which i did not expect at all she went on tiktok live and indirectly she didn't say Haley's name just like Haley didn't say hers but kind of told her fans to stop bullying people i think some of the things that I don't even need to be aware of are just vile and disgusting. And it's not fair and no one ever should be spoken to in the manner that I've seen. And all I have to say is it's incredibly ironic that I would release something that is all about kind words. Because that's exactly what I want. That's it. If you support Rare, I cannot thank you enough. But know that you are also representing what it means. And that is words matter. Truly matter. So it ain't coming from me. And I just want all of you to know that I hope that you understand that this is much bigger than anything else. And I'm really grateful to all of you for hearing me out. So um, have a wonderful rest of your day. And I... So we finally have so many answers to this situation. It was so crazy, but I'm glad that so many of our questions can just now be put to rest. And I think Haley really turned this around in a good way and addressed it positively. And she said she's never going to do it again, but I think this is a great way to leave off. As Taylor Swift once said, you know, the greatest loves of all time are over now. So Jelena fans just understands that, just understand that it is over. I'm sure they've never ruined anything for me. They've never, they've never, they're not ruining my life. They're not ruining my happiness. And that I think is really the win of the whole thing. You're actually not taking anything away from me. So that's what I just keep stepping forward with. It's like, you can't take this away from me. You cannot take away my happiness, my relationship, 
um, my business, my career, like you just, you can't, Mm -hmm. you can try and you can be mad about it, but it doesn't change anything is my point. This was never anything personal against Haley. They would have hated anyone. And I hope the incessant bullying and tearing down of Justin and Haley's relationship, the Jaylee relationship can finally stop. So what can we learn from this? I think we can learn that don't get in the way of two people's happiness. You may not know what is actually best for them looking at someone's relationship from the outside. Why are you trying to come in between two people who are just trying to pursue pursue the loves of their lives and finally be happy? And if everyone in this situation seems fine, let them be happy. If Selena seems fine, that's awesome. If Haley seems fine, awesome. Justin chose Haley. He seems great. Everyone seems very happy with the situation. So why are you trying to tear people down who are just trying to be in love? Love is a beautiful thing. Let it happen. Don't get in the way of it. Have you ever heard the phrase, if he wanted to, he would? If Justin wanted to be with Selena, he would. And trust me, if men want to do something, they will, as we know. So I think that is enough to just let the situation rest. Justin knows what's best for him. And they got the closure they need. And they should just you guys should just let them be happy. The Don't Worry Darling reviews are finally in, and it seems like there was something to worry about, darling. So this fucking film that we can't shut the fuck up about, I finally got to saw. The day has finally come after all the foreplay. It's it's, the day has finally come. Finally, it come. You know? I got to see the film, and everyone has been saying that despite the really bad Rotten Tomato reviews, because it only has 38% on Rotten Tomatoes, that it's actually not as bad. It's it's better than those reviews make it seem. And I agree. The audience score was 77%. And I gave it something really similar on Letterboxd. I don't know if you guys have that app. You can like rate movies and give your review of them. And it's like social media, but only for reviewing movies, I believe. Uh, I'm kind of new to it. My friend who's really into screenwriting forces me to log anything I see on there so he can see what I think of them. But I gave it a four out of five stars. So that's pretty good. I don't really know what I was expecting, but I think I was just expecting a shit show. And the whole time I was trying to look in Florence Pugh's eyes and just see if I can sense any tension for the person on the direct other side of the camera, Olivia Wilde, who was directing it. You know, I was trying to cut the tension there with, just trying to see what real life tension was behind the scenes. And I feel like the real life tension didn't really hinder the film at all. I thought it was very well done. Florence Pugh, Pugh, I keep saying her name wrong, was incredible. She's such a good actress. I thought Harry Styles did amazing. Maybe he doesn't deserve an Oscar, but his acting was very good. He was good at playing the part he needed to in the beginning, being this picture perfect man that we all think we can trust i'm not going to give anything away but the way his character unfolds and we see other sides of him 
was very well done. I thought he was good at emoting. He was good at screaming and crying. And there's a scene where he's begging. There's also some scenes where he's eating her out and fingering her. And he did amazing with it all. The physical acting was very good. It got me in the stirrups. I'm excited to see his gay sex scenes that he says are so amazing in his next movie, My Policeman, next month. But I thought Harry did really good. And I don't understand. I saw some people, like critics, saying that Harry Styles does not belong in Hollywood and he should not be acting. No, he did really great. And I don't understand why we need to shit on him. I thought he was an integral part of the film and he played his part and he played it very well. He sold what he needed to sell. Um, the critic consensus on Rotten Tomatoes said that despite an intriguing array of talent on either side of the camera, Don't Worry Darling is a mostly muddled rehash of other familiar themes. They're saying it's not really that unique. And yes, it had a familiar theme of a false utopia. Um, but the way it had a take on it of this perfect utopia that turns out to not be so perfect, it was different and it was unique and I liked it. It was trying to be Jordan Peele. That's what I was thinking the whole time. Just the whole cinematography of it, the symbolism, the dramatic, um, almost like eerie editing of the film, trying to make it seem more creepy and suspenseful. It all seemed very symbolic and complex, like a Jordan Peele film. And it wasn't quite as deep, but I loved how it made sense in the end. It was very clear. The message was clear and so i love a good uh you know thriller that's supposed to have undertones of real life symbolism and i love that about jordan peele but sometimes jordan peele's messages aren't clear enough and in nope i just didn't leave the theater feeling satisfied because i really don't even know what i just saw i didn't know what the takeaway was supposed to be i didn't know the empowering message behind the film it just it wasn't i didn't like it so she was trying to be jordan peele but i think she actually made a better film than nope in my opinion i don't know if that's going to be controversial but i think olivia wilde did really good directing and i think the film was very good uh, i won't spoil anything too much but i think it was a really cool take on modern day misogyny that's all i'm gonna say because you think it's set in the 1950s but then a twist happens it was complex yet simple enough where i could leave feeling satisfied and that is all i wanted i want to be satisfied is that too much to ask I need something inspiring to help me get along. I need a little fabulous. Is that so wrong? And that's what this film gave me. It was a really good viewing experience, too. Like Harry said, it felt like a movie. I liked the movie because it felt like a movie. The cinematography of it, the really eye orgasm shots, it was all so pretty. And it was a really just fun viewing experience and i'm happy i saw it in the theaters so i definitely recommend it it may not be the most amazing piece of art ever but you'll definitely have a good time and it's worth the money so go see it darling you won't have to worry about a damn thing and florence and olivia can just block each other and move on and harry and olivia can just continue to bang into the sunset and i'm so happy for everyone that the film actually turned out to be good and the audience seems to like it regardless of what the critics say I'm sure they made their bag. They brought in almost $20 million in the opening weekend, which is exactly what they kind of expected to make. So good for them. They were on par. They did what they needed to do. The job was done, even despite all the drama and worry. Anyway, let's move on because there are some crazy shakeups going on in the Hollywood dating scene, like really surprising couples that I'm about to tell you right now. The first one being that Dua Lipa 
with Trevor Noah. What? Yeah, singer Miss I Should Have Stayed at Home. Because that was doing better alone. Dua Lipa is with TV host Trevor Noah. Trevor's very sexy. He's very smart. I definitely get why she would be with him. I just didn't see it coming. There's like a nine-year age gap between them. But they were seen out in New York the other day, canoodling, cuddling up together, kissing each other on the cheek, holding hands, walking. And uh, people definitely noticed. A quote from a source says that they were quietly sat apart from everyone else at the restaurant. And it was clear that they were very into each other and sat close together throughout the meal. They left together and walked stopping for long embraces with kiss and hugs oh my god i mean that's a major score for trevor noah he actually just announced that he's uh i don't know about retiring but he's quitting his show um i forgot what it's called like the daily something with trevor noah but it's uh, his, his comedy central show i see clips of it all the time but i never like actually sit down to watch it I'm shocked by that. I don't know why all these hosts are quitting their jobs. James Corden, Ellen DeGeneres, now Trevor Noah. There's going to be no hosting slots left. I mean, maybe that will work for me. I can take one of their jobs. But I don't know. Are they on strike or something? I don't know what's going on. Maybe hosting is just not what it used to be. But, I mean, I would rather be spending my time with Miss Dula Peep than spending it at my job. So, good for him. I hope they work out. I know Anwar Hadid is punching the ground right now because how do you fumble Dua Lipa? Like, really, I mean, he probably cheated on her like all these other gross men. But really, how do you fumble Dua Lipa? She's like the baddest bitch in the game right now. She's so effortlessly gorgeous. People call her our sh- generation's share. I mean, I could see it. I'm a firm believer that no one is like the next of anyone. Like, no one is the next share or the next Mariah Carey. But, I mean, Dua Lipa just gives kind of the essence of share. And she's such a style icon. And her voice is so amazing. And her performance at her tour that I went to literally popped my pussy turned me out i lost 10 pounds from just jumping up and down the whole time so do a leap as a baddie she's still on tour this poor fucking girl <laughs> i feel bad for some of these artists how long their tour is it's like damn how many times do you have to do the same thing every night she's i saw her in like february and she's still going and she's going to be going till november i guess i kind of do the same thing every night and she's like performing on stage and having a really great time so I'm sure she's happy with that. But actually, no, I don't feel bad for her. Good for her for still being on tour. I wish I could go again, honestly. Anyway, next couple update is that Dixie D'Amelio broke up with Noah Beck. Oh, my God. No, not thick neck Noah Beck being single. Who's who's about to give him that neck now? Poor guy. Oh, I mean, I know who. He's fucking Lorraine. We all know that. Noah Beck is hooking up with Lorraine. They have this that, that podcast together. I, they probably live together at this point. Noah does give me gay vibes. I really don't have the best gaydar. I was that person in high school who, even if people were obviously gay, I'd be like, no, they told me they were straight. They're straight. <laughs> when it was, when they were literally like wearing nail polish and necklaces and a wig. And I was like, no, he told me he's straight. So, but I do get gaydar for Noah Beck. And I would love to get with Noah Beck. But yeah, Dixie kind of was also being ominous about her sexuality. Did you guys see that? There was an interview where she was saying that we'll be seeing more of a different side of her suit. And she's realized things about herself that kind of contributed to her and Noah's breakup. And not trying to stereotype, but she did just shave her head. Now she has a buzz cut. So very interesting with that. Maybe they were just beards for each other. Big gay beards. But I'm excited to see what comes out of that. I think Noah and LaRae would be cute. (laughs) Anyway, the next couple is Brad Pitt and Emily Ratajkowski. 
okay, I could see it. They both kind of just came out of long-term relationships, both divorces. Brad Pitt was just with Angelina Jolie, and they did break up a while ago, but they're still really heavy in the, you know, ex um, tension. The fighting publicly is still really high between them, so I feel like that wound is still fresh for Brad. They're having some lawsuit war over their wine brand together because Brad did something that Angelina didn't want him to with the financial side of the brand or whatever, but they're in a major beef right now. Emily Ratajkowski just got divorced from her ex-husband because he cheated on her. Good for you, girl, for leaving him. These other girls are not doing that. So good for you for just making that decision very quickly. But they, a source by them, said that they're keeping their relationship low-key. They're not officially dating, but it's very friendly because him and Emily are both in the midst of really public, messy breakups. And they just want to be respectful of that and keep their romantic relationship very low-key. Kind of like Leonardo DiCaprio and Gigi Hadid, who are dating. They're trying to stay on the low profile. They do be going out, do be canoodling and kissing. So I really hope... Such an interesting pair. Brad and Angelina and then Leo and Gigi. Those older men, I don't know, these... They're not... I I think Leo was all really cute when he was young. I, I never really was into Brad ever. He's just not my type. So it's really interesting that I think one of the prettiest girls on the planet, Emily Ratajkowski, is going to choose to be with him. Obviously, he is Brad Pitt, but I feel like she could get any of the hottest men in Hollywood. I feel like Emily would just go for someone not so bland. I, I see Brad is so bland. I'm sorry. Leo, he's cute. I don't know. I get it with him and Gigi. He is branching out, dating someone who's 27. It's good for her for breaking that mold. Women breaking barriers over here. One of the other major updates that we heard about a couple in Hollywood is that Tristan Thompson and the whole Chloe debacle. We thought it was all just dumpster fires and dog shit with them. But apparently there was actually something really pot, like sweet and romantic that happened between them. And that is that last year around Valentine's Day, Tristan proposed to Chloe. He wanted to commit to her, you guys. Isn't that crazy? He actually wanted to commit to Chloe? I I mean, if Trist, like, Tristan Thompson telling Chloe he wants to commit to her is like a stand-up comedy bit. That's a joke. You're fucking joking. And I would laugh. If I was Chloe, he'd be like, I want to commit to you forever. I'd fucking laugh. And that's basically what she did. She turned down his proposal. <laughs> On the last episode of Keeping Up With The Kardashians, she said that Tristan proposed to her and she said no. She's following in the footsteps of her older sister, Courtney, turning down Scott's proposal. She's turning down Tristan's proposal and I am so here for it. She said that, quote, she was talking to Kim. Quote, I said, I need to make sure that this is a totally different relationship because I want to be proud to say I'm engaged to anyone. And that's why I said I'm not comfortable accepting this right now because I'm not excited to tell my family. Isn't that crazy? I love that. That is the, that is the strongest, most empowering thing I've ever heard Chloe say about her relationship. And I'm so glad that that is her stance on the whole thing because I think that perfectly wraps it up. She deals with a lot of his other bullshit just for True and their family. But when it comes to them too, having that bond of marriage just between them two, not even talking about like True right now, she said, no, I'm not doing that to myself. I'll deal with everything else about you for our family, but I'm not proud of our relationship and I'm not proud of what you've done to me. And because of that, I'm not committing to you. 
And she made a good choice because then there he goes, gets another woman pregnant. She definitely made a good choice not getting engaged to him because then it would have looked even worse. So good for her. I love that. That's so strong. That's so powerful. And now Chloe may be with uh, that really sexy actor from the 365 Netflix movie. And, oh, I really hope she is because that is the happiness that she deserves. And that just goes to show Chloe has other men waiting for her who will treat her good, who will give her the time of day. And once she fully breaks away from Tristan, which I'm pretty sure she is now because she's dating and I'm so happy for her, she's going to realize that. And I feel like that's what kind of all of these people have realized. Emily Ratajkowski leaving her ex-husband, finding someone better in Brad Pitt. Gigi Hadid leaving Zayn, who shoved her mom against a dresser and called her a Dutch fucking slut. She's now with Leonardo DiCaprio. Dua Dua Lipa leaving Anwar Hadid. Speaking of the Hadids. um, With Trevor Noah. So I feel like what we can learn from this is that if you really love someone, you should treat them right. And you should hold on to them and show them how much you appreciate them. Because guess what? They have other options, bitch. They have other people who will give them the time of day. They have other people who will appreciate them and will give them all their flowers and will treat them right. So if you don't, they're going to move on and be with someone else and you're going to wish you had. It's like that Bruno Mars song. I should have bought you flowers, held your hand, should have gave you all my hours when I had the chance. Now she's doing it with another man, period. That's the lesson we can learn. If you really love someone, hold on to them tight. Treat them right because there's plenty of other fish in the sea that can take your spot and you're lucky to have them. Well, thank you guys for joining me at Pop Culture University Tea today. I love y'all so much. This is literally my favorite part of the week. I love this community that we have built and I'm just obsessed with you guys. Um, I was at the gym before this because I report this podcast really late at night, but I also go to the gym really late at night. And I've been seeing so many TikToks about women um, having really scary sex trafficking encounters. And they've just really gotten to me. A lot of them are when they're in a store or in some building, they see a white van parked next to their car. And they're scared that when they go back to their car, they're going to snatch them and pull them in the white van. Or they'll see a car with tinted windows. I saw one girl, a creepy uh, like criminal, put a paper towel on her car door handle so when she opened the when she touched the handle she touched the paper towel but the paper towel had some kind of liquid on it and the liquid turned out to be poison that your skin can absorb just through the skin and so she touched the door handle got in the car started driving and she started like passing out while she was driving because she was poisoned and thank god someone was there to help her she wasn't alone so they drove her to the hospital and saved her life from whatever poison and obviously from being kidnapped it wasn't lethal because they wanted to sex traffic her, but it's just been scaring me so much. And I know I'm like a man, like a grown man. I'm 22 and I'm not the prime um, target here, but it just still scares me. It could really happen to anyone. So I went to the gym and right when I got there, it was like 11 p.m. And I see a white car with really, really black tinted windows like drive past me. And it didn't even seem like they were parked there like just got out of the gym they just drove past me and then after my workout when I was about to leave I see that that same car is parked right next to mine with really black tinted windows so I'm just sitting in the gym for like 10 minutes goes by and they still haven't left and then 20 minutes and I'm done with my workout at this point I'm exhausted I'm not going to do anything else and there's only like two other guys in the gym because it's really late at night thank god I wasn't alone I wouldn't even know what would have happened 
but I just wait for one of the guys to finish their workout and leave. And then I left with them. And then I just saw a guy like roll down the window in the tinted window car. He was just like smoking a cigarette, like staring at me. And it was very creepy. I need to stop fucking putting on my Snapchat story when I'm at the gym. I stopped doing that after last time, like I told you. But oh my God, it was so scary. Um, so just be aware of those things. Don't let it like traumatize you and give you so much anxiety. But just be cautiously aware. Take it with a grain of salt and keep that in your street smarts little inventory like we all have just in our minds of what is safe and what is not. Because unfortunately, that's a real ass thing. And there's so many w- women that go missing. And it's one of the scariest things to even think about. So please just be safe out there. And yeah, my workout was really good, though. I did legs. I love doing legs. It's really hard, but after legs, I feel this high in my body. I don't know why. Like, something gets released in my body. It just makes me feel so good. I want a fat ass. I'm going to the club tomorrow. I want my ass to be shaking. I want to have thunder thighs. I want to smash a watermelon in between my thighs, smash a guy's head in between my thighs. So... Doing legs is like my favorite day of the week, honestly. Having thick, thick, bulked up legs gives you so much more confidence than you would think. So never skip leg day. Don't always focus on the arms and the abs and the chest. Like, do legs. It's hot. My challenge to y'all is to, for a better weekend, is just to get moving, get outside before it gets too cold. Moving your body is so important to mentally feeling good. Anytime after I work out, I get so much endorphins and I just feel so happy. And it's truly one of the best parts of my day and free therapy. Therapy is expensive, y'all. So that is my therapy of the day. It's free plastic surgery too, bitch. So get out there, get moving. It will make you feel so much better. I literally challenge you to even just go for a walk. Even just walk your dog or jazzercise or (laughs) play Foursquare. I don't know, hopscotch or something. It will truly make you feel the best. And I want that for all of you. And yeah, that's my little tip of advice for the day. And I hope you guys have an amazing weekend. My weekend will probably be very chill. I'm so glad that I am going out again and feel safe with all the illnesses going around. I didn't get sick in LA. I went out so many places without my mask, like five different clubs, all these different networking events. I didn't get sick at all. I was astounded. So my confidence of just being healthy and my immune system, I feel like it's back up and running and I'm literally so happy for that. So I'm going to go have a great weekend and I hope you guys too rate this podcast five star on Spotify, Apple podcast, leave a cute little review screenshot. I post on your Instagram story. Tag me. I love chatting with y'all helps build the podcast and I appreciate you guys so much. So until next time, Y'all are iconic and I'm in all your fandoms. Don't forget it. And I'll see you Tuesday. Okay, bye. Love you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.